This is an IELTS Energy Podcast, episode 928. To cliche or not cliche? That is the IELTS question. Welcome to the IELTS Energy Podcast from All Ears English, downloaded more than 18 million times with former IELTS examiner Jessica Beck and Aubrey Carter, the IELTS whiz. If you are stuck with a low score, our insider method will help you get the score you need to unlock your dreams. Get your estimated band score now with our two-minute quiz at allearsenglish.com slash my score. Can you use cliches or common idioms on IELTS? How will these affect your vocabulary score? Listen today to find out and learn four idioms, which definitely get you a seven or higher for IELTS speaking. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Aubrey, to this um, special novel episode. Ooh, novel's a good word. Novel is a fun novel. word. I know, it's a little different today. We're not talking about books, guys, not those novels, but novel as in new. Aubrey, what are we doing differently today? So we are recording video for today's podcast so that we can post it on YouTube. It's kind of an experiment. I'm excited about it, but I'm also a little nervous because I think I talk with my hands a lot. So we'll see how that oh, goes. Oh, but that's fun. That's yeah, fine. you should talk with your hands. Um, <laughs> guys, definitely, if you're not a subscriber on IELTS Energy TV, you should be. Um, we are, like, revamping our channel. We've it, we've always brought you new lessons every week, but now we are bringing you even more lessons every week, guys, plus some very special video podcast recordings like the one for today. So, guys, subscribe to IELTS Energy TV so you can see the video of today's show. Um, Okay, so what are we talking about today, Aubrey? Well, we got a great question that we are excited to talk about, about cliches. Um, What's a cliche, Jessica, first of all? (laughs) Good question. Um, (laughs) You know, I'm like going between all these tabs on my computer. Okay, Um, a, a cliche is... A phrase that is used way too often. Um, it's unoriginal. It's boring, right? So we have yeah. students ask us, like, should we use cliches on the exam? So in fact, a student did email us asking us about using cliches. However, she didn't give examples of cliches. We'll get into that. But today, guys, we're going to talk about cliches you should not use on the test, as well as cliches that you should use on IELTS, because they will get you a seven or higher for vocabulary. Now, Aubrey and I are excited about this topic because we're <laughs> language nerds, right? I know, especially you with your master's in linguistics. I feel like that's classic <laughs> language nerd. Classic. <laughs> Classic language nerd. Um, But you have a master's as well, a master's in TESOL, right? 
Exactly. Yeah. My master's in ESL, but okay. I feel like with linguistics, you guys really, you care more about specific words. This is funny, right? To stereotype everyone who cares about linguistics, but with <laughs> ESL, I was learning a lot more um, theory and strategies and and teaching techniques. And we weren't concerned as much about the linguistic side of things. So I've, I've sort of studied that a little bit on my own and I do find it fascinating. But I just have always loved words. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's get into this email first. And then, guys, we're going to give you some amazing vocabulary to use on your next speaking and writing exams, actually. A couple of these are formal. So, um, okay, um, let's see. So our listener emailed us and asked about writing practice and said that her teacher usually asked her to use memorized phrases, but she read an article that said candidates should avoid using cliched IELTS phrases. For example, with the development of modern technology, as we all know, and there is no denying. Okay, are those phrases cliche? Like, what do you think? No, right? Definitely not. These are transition phrases. These are linking yeah. phrases that you want to use. And even if an IELTS examiner sees the same linking phrases pretty often, it doesn't matter. It's still going to improve your cohesion coherence score. These aren't exactly. cliches as far as like an idiom that's really overused. Exactly. Guys, and this is a question that comes up a lot from students. Um, remember, guys, I was an examiner for 14 years, okay? I can I can tell you what your score is going to go down and when it's going to go up, okay? No, guys, we can't invent new transition phrases. Like, we can't. There's, there's a finite, limited number of transition phrases we can't choose from. We're not coming up with any new ones in English, okay? So I guess we could say they're cliche because they're used a lot, but that's because we don't have a choice, guys. Like, how- If you try to make up new ones, you're going to have grammar errors because they're just yes. going to be incorrect. And I do see that. Like sometimes um, in a personal coach class, a student will um, try and like change a preposition or like replace a word in one of the transition mm. phrases that we teach you guys to use in our templates. And they're like, oh, I can't memorize this. I'm going to change it. And, and then it's wrong. It's just wrong. Okay. So here's the first phrase that you guys can use. It is applicable don't reinvent the wheel. You cannot reinvent the wheel, which means exactly what it means, guys, <laughs> right? Like we have a wheel. It doesn't get better than that. That's it. Okay. It's the same with transition phrases, guys. <laughs> you can't come up with a new one. So, okay. Answer to that email. Those are not cliched. Yes, the examiner might see them often because they have to be there if you want a high score for cohesion coherence. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there are, we were looking at lists of cliches and it was kind of fascinating because we, we were thinking, yeah, okay, students probably shouldn't use cliches because for, if they're unoriginal and we're hearing these all the time, that potentially could lower your score because you don't want to use extremely common vocabulary. But then we started looking at lists that are provided online of cliches and most of them are not common. Almost every one of them, if a student said it during their IELTS exam, they would get those scores for the idiomatic language and they would get a higher vocabulary score for less common vocabulary because we really don't hear them that often. Exactly. Exactly. The key is, guys, like it's not about it's not about are they common among native speakers 
are they common among students? Like that's the differentiator. So um, if you're going to use a phrase like it's a piece of cake. So one of our Instagram followers said this the other day, like he loves the phrase it's a piece of cake, um, but he doesn't want to use it because it's cheesy and cliche. It is cheesy. It kind of is, yeah. (laughs) Um, And then he also said because it's taught in a lot of textbooks. Exactly. Oh, my dog is barking, you guys. Um, I use a piece of cake. I don't know about you, but I use it sarcastically. Like, I would say, I have 30 things to do today and only one hour of free time. No worries. Piece of cake. I got this. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So, I mean, if you guys, if you can use it sarcastically on the exam, I'm sure that's fine. But I think that's a whole other level of communication fluency that you don't have to worry about to get a good IELTS score. Like basically, so like it's a piece of cake. It's raining cats and dogs. Guys, these phrases... They're so boring. And yes, they're taught in like every ESL textbook that has ever been around. And so examiners are hearing students say them over and over and over. Exactly. So they're not going to help your score, guys. So instead, we have four phrases that according to the internet are cliche, but we don't think they are. Like, we don't even say them that often. So therefore, guys, they are interesting. They are band seven or higher vocabulary. So, Abby, what is the first um, high-scoring idiom our students can use? All right. The first one is all that glitters isn't gold. This is a really good one. Anytime you're talking about something that doesn't look very nice or doesn't seem all that fancy, um, or no, the opposite of that, something that seems like it'd be really nice, but actually isn't. Exactly. Exactly. So um, it's kind of a similar meaning to be like, um, too good to be true. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like something that looks really pretty, um, but it's not good quality. Right. Yeah. So if you're on the uh, like speaking part two, for example, you have to describe an object, one of the toughest cards. You have to describe something you bought but didn't use. You could say like, um, yeah, last year I spent like five hundred dollars on this smartwatch because it was so gorgeous and so sleek. Um, and then I started wearing it. And the very next week it stopped working like the screen just wouldn't turn on anymore. Um, and it's beautiful. But all that glitters isn't gold, as they say. That's a really good example. Yes. And that, yes, that's the idiomatic language you need. It's very rare. Every, all examiners will know what it means. We've heard it before, but it's not used extremely commonly. So I'm shocked it's on a list of cliches. I know. Internet, I don't trust you. <laughs> right. Um, and here, like this next one, maybe because it has the word knickers, and which we don't use in American English. Um, but I got yeah, like, we don't use this very often. Therefore, again, it's interesting, uncommon, band seven or higher idiom. Don't get your knickers in a twist. <laughs> it's so funny. And it is um, very fun. <laughs> It's so fun. Oh, if you guys can find a phrase that makes you giggle when you say it just because it's fun. Oh, my God. Like, that is gold. Right. Or it's probably going to make the examiner giggle and kind of lighten the mood and you're both more relaxed is great. Yeah. Totally. Because knickers do mean underpants. (laughs) So it's funny. But it's British English. (laughs) And so it's adorable. Um, So don't get your knickers in a twist. It's just like, don't get upset. Calm down. Chill out, dude. Like, that's basically what it means, right? So this would be great if you're, like, telling a story about um, somebody getting upset or maybe you getting upset and your friend was like, listen, don't get your knickers in a twist. We can catch the next bus. Uh, It's fine. 
Yep, exactly. That's a good one. Okay, the next one is read between the lines. And this just means you need to infer something. You you need to... There, something isn't said but is implied that mm-hmm. you... Some extra meaning there. So I could see this also for speaking part two. If mm-hmm. you're telling a story and, and you're talking about maybe a friend said something to you and you could tell that they meant something else. You could say, I really had to read between the lines. Yeah, totally. And you know, um, it occurs to me also, I really like this for describing cultures. Like in our in our business course, we talk about high context and low t- context cultures, right? Um, which is important. If you're going to build business relationships, you have to understand other people's culture. And some cultures are very indirect, right? They are high context. And when you are dealing with somebody from a culture like that, you often have to read between the lines, which again, this is an idiom. You're not literally reading, but you are taking in their words, watching their behavior, and making inferences based on what they're saying indirectly, right? So reading between the lines, I think that's a nice way of also um, describing how to deal with other cultures in speaking part three or writing task two. I think yeah. that would be useful. That's true. Um, Any topics about cultures and how and cultural differences among different countries? Real fast, guys, before we teach you this very last phrase today, I want to remind you that very, very soon, September 18th and 22nd, we're actually talking about formal and informal business English in our free live web class. Lindsay and I are doing our first business web class. So sign up, guys. Go to allearsenglish.com slash real if you need English in your professional life. Um, Okay, so what is this last phrase? Okay, someone woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I use this all the time if my kids are grumpy. Oh, someone woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I say that too. I say that too. I feel like this is um this is really like a parent child sort of thing to say. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so what what is it what does it mean? Yeah, it just means you're grumpy. You're not in a good mood. So, you know, the day's not going very or if you say if someone says something to you that's kind of mean or cutting, you, that's a way to lighten the mood and just say, "Oh, somebody woke up on the wrong side of the bed." And yeah. then they're probably going to be like, "You're right. I'm sorry." That wasn't nice. But you could definitely use this yeah. again for speaking part two. If you're telling a story and describing a person and they weren't having a great day, everything was going poorly, you could say, turned out someone woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Yeah, totally. Um, or in speaking part one, right? Sometimes you're asked about sleep and sleeping habits. Yeah. Um, I could say like, Maybe if I'm asked a question about napping, like I'm not a good napper. I can't nap at all. That's so so sad. Like, I love a good nap. I'm so jealous <laughs> of people that can nap. Um, but just strategically to fit in this phrase, I could be like, well, to be honest, naps do not help me. In fact, if I take a nap, I wake up like grumpy. And then my friends and family and coworkers are like, well, I guess you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. And it's all because I took a nap. Um, Such a good part one answer, right? It's like you're chatting with a friend when you use a phrase like that. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh, guys, you have to listen to this episode a couple times. Take notes on the context of these words and go to our YouTube channel, IELTS Energy TV, and watch us recording this episode. (laughs) This is, I feel like I'm in two worlds right now, like recording the audio and then looking at myself on a video 
It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> so many things at once, guys. But go. Maybe you don't even know what it will look like. Find out. Go to IELTS Energy TV, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. So one last time, Aubrey, where can people sign up for our free business web class? Yes, it's at allearsenglish.com slash real, R-E-A-L. And you do want to sign up soon because space is limited. So grab your spot so that you don't miss it. Yes. Awesome. All right. Woo. This is fun. Okay. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow, Aubrey. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to IELTS Energy. Hit subscribe now and don't forget to find your estimated band score at allearsenglish.com slash my score.